We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, dojo family. It feels so good to come to you today with my voice. I'm offering up a solo episode to share with you a deep dive around my most recent phase of this life journey, which is, it has been a major life transition phase. I have been soaking up some massive and significant learnings during this time that I feel excited to share with all of you in service of deeper empowerment, greater awareness, as life brings us through these major transitions, which I also love to call initiations, because I'm really experiencing the way when life brings great change into our space. If we're not stuck in the mire of resisting that it's happening, we have a major opportunity to quantum leap into our next level of awareness of being. It's like getting on the surfboard and staying on the wave instead of resisting that the wave is moving. And here in these times of great change, when great change is occurring in your life, even if it doesn't seem like a change that you would prefer in the moment, I really believe that when we trust life and build that relationship of trust with life, not attachment to the form that life has taken because form will change, but cultivating as our primary intention, a deep trust in life force in the way that it flows in ever-changing form, but the trust in the connection is with the force of life, the force of love. I really believe that the biggest times of change are the greatest opportunities for growth. And that's what my intention is in sharing this episode with all of you today. It's a vulnerable one. I, again, have been through a time of big change, big transition, heartbreak, shift, unexpected shift. And it's been about two months since, since a recent relationship ended, my most recent relationship ended. And so I finally feel I took about a month and a half off of recording the podcast to give myself time to really integrate and go inward. And I feel now that I'm finally integrated enough to share with you and bring forth 
some of the learnings that have come through for me. And so before I get too deep into it, I love to invite all of you to take a deep breath with me. And on the other side of that breath, I'm going to read a spoken word piece that I wrote that came through about a week after this most recent relationship ended. And I'll share a little bit of a deeper cut with you guys after the poem. But this poem is the beginnings of my deep receiving of of the learnings that have been present. And I really pray that this message lands in the hearts of those who are, are calling for this medicine the most. So Ah, let's slow everything down here for just a moment and take one deep down belly breath all the way to the bottom of the belly. Inhale and hold it at the bottom. And exhale. And with your eyes opened or closed, but certainly an open heart, get ready to receive this piece called Seasoned. I am being seasoned, seasoned with heartbreak, seasoned with change, seasoned with all the timelines I've been asked to grieve away, seasoned with unknowns, seasoned with deaths, seasoned with the trust beyond reason when nothing else makes sense, seasoned with new awareness that can only come from letting go because the absence of what was shows exactly where there's room to grow. And all this seasoning makes for a real rich stew. The strength of all these flavors tastes like something new because the thing about seasons is that they always change and their mastery is a total embrace of all weather from December to May. So when the leaves are fallen, just go ahead and let them drop all the more appreciation when those new buds start to pop because winter is winter and pain is pain. But the thing about cycles is that you know spring is coming again. And the thing about pain is it can feel just right when you realize it's showing you exactly where to receive more life, more love, more water, more nourishment and peace because judgment and shame are not the environment conducive for release or for healing or for receiving or for loving or for truth. The environment you want is the one with love and compassion centered right on you. And why not add a hefty dose of celebration and honor and care and respect and sex and love for you? Yes, you. You create the environment you need to thrive through when the seasons change. Because they will. And when things don't stay the same, it keeps it spicy versus mundane. It keeps it evolving instead of revolving around the same old story. It keeps it moving instead of proving that something false is still true that something old is still new, that something shedding is still you, because it's not. The shedding serves a purpose to renew. You don't see snakes trying to fit back in their old skin, and you don't see crabs standing by their old shells trying to figure out why they fell. You don't see butterflies stopping their sore, dragging their wings like caterpillars on the floor. So you might as well become an unfuckwithable force a crab strolling without its shell, with some swagger, of course. A master of surrender. The first friend you'd phone when the tenderest of tender. Because through all this, I know if I squirm or tumble or fall, I'll be grateful after all for the seasoning of peppery winter, 
and the seasoning of sweet spring, because the journey between married my strength to my unconditional loving. Yeah. Thank you for receiving that. So that piece came through just a couple of weeks after this most recent breakup. And as I shared, you know, it's taken me about a month and a half to record this episode, a solo episode, because I knew that when I recorded a solo episode, the call would be to be transparent with all of you. That's what I stand for. That's what I stand for for myself and all of my relations. That's what I stand for within the dojo ecosystem of transformational arenas between all of the women that we bring transparency, we bring truth. And that's no different here on the dojo podcast. And so I needed some time to like really process the unexpected shift that had happened. I found myself in a new relationship just about a year, but a very deep one, you know, where we were very much planning, you know, our rest of our lives, you know, looking for, you know, just slightly, but very much talking about in, in the beginnings of looking for home together, talking about creating family together. My system was very much orienting towards the vision of life with this person. And I was calibrating my life creation, you know, my actions in alignment with that. So the ending, the abrupt ending of that relationship was shocking to my entire nervous system and to my sense of like, it's something around trusting in love, like my sense in trusting in what I had made it up to be trusting in, in my sense of what I thought that the relationship was. And then realizing that it wasn't what I had made it up to be. It wasn't what I thought that it was. It brought up a lot of shame for me. And so for a period of time in the initial release, I was experiencing shame. I was experiencing some self-judgment. I was experiencing regret looking at, you know, if only I could have done this differently or that differently. And one of the first learnings I really want to share with you guys is that I've really learned that the environment of shame, the environment of self-judgment, it is not conducive to healing. So if anything is going on in your life that is bringing up shame or self-judgment for you and you're treating yourself with judgment, my encouragement would be before you start trying to fix or change anything, I would address the way that you're holding yourself. Because one thing I know about myself, and I suspect is very true for you too, is that I'm always coming from a place of doing my very, very best. I'm always coming from a place of, of innocence in my heart, in this good heart of mine. And so when we start from the like baseline knowing of our inherent goodness and our great intentions, we can kind of rewind all of the shame stories and the stories of judgment and, and regret that have us holding on to a timeline that is no more. And I'm really grateful to say that the gift of perspective has been one of the most massive blessings that I could ever name. Because when I zoom out, I gain the perspective, like the mountaintop perspective to see how life prepared me for this transition through the last one. So I went, if you've been following me 
for a while, I was in a nearly four-year relationship with a man who I now consider family, Oren Harris. We actually released a podcast that Oren and I recorded in recent episodes. So I would highly recommend going to check out that episode to hear the whole story arc of my love with Oren and the way we transitioned our relationship and how we've held that love with so much care that it was able to evolve into its truest form, which is now being expressed in the form of family. And so that big relationship transition, which also was not easy, of course, I think heartbreak is one of the most challenging experiences of being a human, right? Like, geez, we spend so much energy avoiding the feeling of heartbreak trying to strategize our way out of ever experiencing that. And, you know, I think if you're living life fully all out and loving fully all out, heartbreak is going to be a part of your life journey. Heartbreak indicates the magnitude with which you love. And life itself is always changing. The nature of it is impermanence. So whether it's through a natural transition in relationship that is the relationship in its old form has expired or through death, we are going to have to face off with the experience of heartbreak. And I think it's important that we talk about it. I think it's important that we honor it for the major initiation that it is and the courage that it takes to consciously move yourself through heartbreak. So I went through a big one in that relationship with Oren. And at that time, I had no reference point. This was in April of 2021 was when Oren and I ended the relationship. And I had no reference point at that time for trusting life, trusting life. So again, I'm bringing us back to the way with perspective, life prepared me. When I zoom out, I'm like, wow, I feel a stability in my being. Now, going through this relationship transition with my most recent partner, when it comes to being in the unknown and trusting life that I did not have just over a year ago, a year and a half ago, when Oren and I ended the relationship. So I was with Oren for nearly four years. We had a home together in the Palisades, built a beautiful community here in LA. We found out our house was being sold. The relationship ended. And We both left LA all at once. So it was like everything in my known universe dissolved through my fingers all at once. And at that time, I was already facilitating the dojo ecosystem of containers. And I recognized that as a liberation artist, the integrity of the work that I do, this was actually an initiation into a deeper integrity for me to hold what it is that I'm here to hold. And I had the opportunity to face off with a lot of my biggest fears and expand beyond a lot of those edges. And it was like leaping before I knew the net would be there. And I will tell you that net appeared. It appeared over and over and over again. And I built such a strong relationship with life during that time. And I'm experiencing the fruits of that now. So it's like this thing that's anchored and integrated that I didn't actually know that it was this anchored and integrated until the relationship with my most recent partner ended. So After Orin and I broke up, there was about three months that I was single and going through that process of heartbreak, which relative to a four-year arc of relationship really isn't very long, but we were very thorough. You know, I really felt like Orin and I left it all out on the field. And so we both, there was a true completion there, but again, not to say the heartbreak portal wasn't challenging. 
So I went through that with a deep integrity. And again, you can hear a lot more about it in the episode with Oren. And it was right at the tail end of that three months, I met my most recent partner, David, and he and I had been, we went deep fast. We went deep fast. And I actually want to speak to that as one of the learnings here, because what I realized is that in service of longevity, when something is truly meant to go the distance, I'm learning that there's no rush. I'm learning that there's no rush. And by witnessing a pattern in myself of meeting this man who I truly loved and love, right? We fell into that love very quickly and we moved very quickly. And there's something around like forging deep, deep roots and letting those roots really set that lends itself to longevity. I do believe. And so I'm just noticing the correlation between a really quick fall in love, dive right in onset, which felt amazing. And also it like kind of activated a part of me that went into some like hyper visionary states. And like the love was so big and so fast and came on so strong that we were, we both felt that this was a love that would last for life. And we were giving ourselves to that timeline and we were having deep conversations around building home together and creating family together and living into that timeline. And yet still, I found myself now looking back retrospectively, I can see where I got ahead of it. I can see where I overlaid an idea of what I thought that it was, what I wanted it to be rather than just like staying at a, a nice pace with what was actually occurring. And I noticed that me, when we, when I, when any of us who have a similar pattern, it's, it's, it's easy to do when a love comes on so hot, heavy, and strong to get really excited and then get ahead of it a little bit, which can overlay a bit of a fantasy on it, which we both participated in, right? We were both in the wow of this incredible love in those early, you know, first six months. And that can put like a, a pedestalization, you know, I, I definitely feel like we both pedestalized each other. And then when the humanity of your partner comes in, there can be a fall from that pedestal. And it's for me personally, that's where the real relationship starts to happen, where I recognize, wow, that's where the the actual reality of building a life together comes in. And so I'm noticing that perhaps there's less of a, a fall from the pedestal if we move a little bit slower in the beginning. So I'm in that inquiry for myself of what does it look like, even when the love is that big and that strong to like allow there to be a slow burn in and a slow pace in. And that's, um, that's newer for me because a lot of these great loves, they come in really strong. And I'm curious now after the, the completion of this most recent relationship, which feels like it completed as quickly and suddenly as it began, right? So I'm just looking at a correlation there. And I'm curious um, if you have any feedback to make comments of your own experiences of when relationships have been given a little bit more spaciousness in the beginning, for like more of a slow burn, have you seen that correlate with a longer relationship 
or vice versa? Have you had like instant boom, we're in, and then it's lasted for years and years and years. I'm really curious to kind of take inventory and hear many different perspectives and experiences around that. But it's just an inquiry that I feel to name here that I'm in for myself in terms of relationship moving forward and really having the intention to like forge deep roots and meet the relationship at pace and its organic growth rather than this major burst of of love coming in and then the energy of excitement kind of causing us to get ahead of the pace of the actual relationship and then the relationship needs to catch up to the big the vision and the excitement that can either put a pressure on it or create like a an idealization of each other and then when one another's humanity comes in. It's like, oh, like, oh, you're, I thought you were a Greek God of perfection. And now there's like this humanity that I see. And, you know, what does it look like for that humanity to come in and be a beautiful thing rather than create like a bit of a dip or a disappointment in, in the relationship. And so I'm, I did notice a little bit of that through the journey that we walked. And I would say that with the perspective of everything that I named, that I learned through the exit of the relationship with Oren, what I learned there was a deep trust in life. And so as David and I went through our relationship, which was again, about a year, which was so beautiful in so many ways, I I've already named, you know, this deep love, this very quick love, incredible deep connection, chemistry, and lots of care and lots of vision and excitement in the first half of our relationship. As we turned a corner, you know, I'm going to choose not to go. It's, it's into too much detail around, you know, all the occurrences. Cause as I said, I'm still in my own process around a lot of it. But what I will say is that there was a discovery of a misalignment in terms of our dharmic orientations, in terms of our purpose and, and our belief systems, like our systems of belief actually started to feel incongruent. And I have a very strong like devotional loyalty, get through anything, find the highest harmony bone in me. And that can be like an incredible gift. And it can also be an Achilles heel where it might override. It might cause me my devotional, loyal, energetic might cause me to override a deeper knowing when something is starting to feel like it's actually no longer fully in alignment. And that awareness that it wasn't fully in alignment started to make itself known towards the end of our relationship. And David was courageous in his willingness to stop overriding that awareness inside of himself that ultimately mirrored the one inside of me that I just wasn't ready to bring forth. And so the ending of the relationship felt sudden to me. It felt like it took time for me to fully accept that the completion was, was real, you know, like there was, I had resistance. I had a period of time where I wasn't able to fully accept it. And I had to kind of let the hope exhaust itself, let it fully exhaust itself and 
take the space that I really needed to fully accept and then allow the part of me that matches and mirrors that knowing surface and really own it for myself. And so it's now I can record this episode because I feel like I'm in a place where I can receive fully that knowing within myself. And what I've witnessed now through this transition, one big piece has been noticing the way that I placed so much value on the form that love was taking, the form that love was being expressed through. So often in our lives, there's, you know, attachments and dependencies that we create with a particular form that is present in our life, right? So the form of my best friend being present in my life, the form of my tribe in my community, the form of my romantic partner, the form of my family member, the form of my my animal, all of these forms reflect to us a certain degree of love and care and nurturance. And then we either subconsciously or semi-consciously make that mean that I'm worthy of love and nourishment and care because the form of my, my partner, the form of my best friends, the form of my community, the form of my, my dog, the form of my home, the form of everything that makes me feel safe and mirrors to me that I am love and that I am loved and that I am safe. Those forms are here and present. And so then we become attached and dependent to these particular forms that reflect to us our worth. And what I recognized in this completion is that when the form of this man as my partner exited my life, I got to see come up in me where I was attaching my sense of value, my sense of worth, my sense of lovability, my sense of safety to this individual form. And the truth is, and this is the wild, most magical thing. I had like a genuine, I I guess I could call it a mini awakening at my altar one morning where I felt a big wave of grief coming up. And at that point, the grief was not so much anymore. Like I had gone through the period of time of grieving the loss, but it was more grieving the loss of what I thought it was rather than the loss of what it actually was. Like there's already an acceptance anchored in that, oh, it wasn't what I thought it was, but it was perfectly exactly what it needed to be to reflect exactly to me what I needed to see for my growth and evolution at this time. So I'm so grateful, oh my God, for that relationship and the way that it taught me more about me and the strength of that mirror and the massive amount of growth personally, relationally, and dharmically that has occurred in only two months since the relationship ended. It's been massive, a massive portal. So in this period of time, I was grieving. I had a wave of grief come up and I was laying it at my altar And in that wave of grief, I found myself saying, praying to life, like life. And by the way, the altar I'm praying at is the altar that I've added my items to, but this home space I'm staying in is, is owned by two of my dearest friends who are traveling in Europe. And they happen to be, I'm putting that in quotes, because again, I'm affirming the way synchronicity in life. I've, I feel like I've gained this deep trust in life support as love. 
that came through the gift of the big relationship completion before this most recent one, when I, with Oren, when I left, you know, our house was sold and left LA and went into the total unknown and the relationship ended. And it was just this deep journey all of last year of witnessing the way life just continues to show up. So I want to name that because it's relevant here. So I found myself the day that I was meant to. So my partner, my prior partner and I broke up. It was sudden. I was meant to go to Israel with him. And it turned out the day after we ended the relationship, I came to my dear friend's house here. And they told me that the day I was supposed to go to Israel was the day they were leaving for three months and the opportunity to stay in their place for three months, just boom, just opened wide, wide up. So life really instantly will show up in support when we're really truly surrendered and listening and not trying to control or in resistance in the absence of control or resistance, life will always be there always. So in that context, here I am being held in the home of family. That's an expression of love, grieving at at my altar and saying life, you know, like to, to praying to life, to, to spirit, you know, like, please show me love, like in my life that is stable, that is unwavering. I want to know a love that is unwavering. And my system was like scanning the field, scanning for like this idea of an unwavering love in the form of a man that is my truest love, right? And that only, it was like a split second of that. And then I got hit with this realization And it sounds cliche because so often we talk about how we're all connected and that, you know, it's, it's not about the form. It's actually about the, the life force energy. But in this moment, I had this visceral awakening and realized that the unwavering love that I was praying for is actually already present in my life. But the illusion, my problem has been that I kept making the love dependent on a form. I'm making it dependent on the love of my father. And then that wavering and that impacting me so much and making that mean something about me, making it dependent on the love of this man and that wavering and that impacting me and making that mean something about me, the love being dependent on um, the way friendships ebb and flow and change. And if they ebb and flow and change, seeing that attachment and that dependency and what I make it mean about me. And I got this big realization that love is not dependent on the form. Love in its most unwavering offering is already present in my life. And as I have that realization, a beautiful song came on my ceremony playlist that has like 150 songs on it. It's being sung by one of my dear friends, Kathleen, who's in a group called Lady. I highly recommend you check them out. And this song is called Rise, I believe. And Kathleen and I, we met again out of the unknown space the year before when I was in the total unknown and had left the relationship with Oren. And she and I developed a really deep bond. And she's shown up as such a dear ally and sister in my life. She's also now one of the dojo women and we just weave in the most extraordinary ways. So there I am in this depth of emotion in this prayer, having this awakening that, wow, I see the form of my ex-partner dissolving. I see the form of the, you know, idea of this friend or that friend or whatever dissolving. I see the form of any relationship in my life and any expectation I've placed on it to show up in an unwavering sort of way 
so that I know that I'm lovable and safe, just dissolving into the truth of the moment, which is this, there's a song that comes on one chance out of 150 that one of my closest sisters is singing the vibration of love all around me. I'm in the home of two dear friends who love me and a metaphorical embrace by them. My, my dog, my best friend is at my feet, just hold, just with me. There's an unmistakable consistency to the presence of love in my life. And the week leading up to that, you know, as I shared with you, we had discovered that there's, you know, really what seems to be a, a misalignment directionally in our purpose, in our dharma, and in our belief structures. Through the release of this relationship, I started to witness characters and teachers and allies and mentors and elders showing up in my life that are representative of a confirmation, an affirmation, an encouragement, like a push forward for me in the direction of my dharma. And I got to see that where the part of me that is so loyal and devoted would hold on to a relationship that is almost with an extraordinary human, but it's not in full alignment for life partnership, it doesn't seem, would have me actually compromise in even subtle ways my true north purpose and following that in a way that is authentic and real and fully supported. I um, have a, an incredible sister and teacher who is an incredible relationship Jedi. Her name is Annie Lala. I encourage you to check her out as well. And she shared something that I thought was so powerful at a retreat that we were attending. And she said, in partnership, you know that this is the correct partner for you. If they were to write a manifesto, a vision for you and for your life, that they would write that manifesto and that vision even more powerfully than you could write for yourself. They believe in you more than you can even believe in yourself. They see you beyond where you could even see yourself. And it's central from my perspective. And I really receive that for myself that my natural partner will believe in me and what it is that I'm here for more than I can believe in me and what I'm here for. And if there's a fundamental mismatch in belief structure, it just can't happen that way. And so while it feels there's a lot of sadness around that because the love that we shared is true and the love that we shared is real, I'm actually seeing, and I, gosh, the part of me that's so loyal and devoted never wanted to actually believe this, but Love itself may not actually be enough if the compatibility isn't there. And I, it's like, I'm even as I'm saying that, I just like, I barely want to believe it because I really, that the like little girl in me and maybe the woman too wants to believe that love is always enough. And I am here to share with you some of my learnings. And part of that is I am really sitting with for myself how important compatibility. Purpose, it doesn't have to be the same purpose, but just momentum and directionality, like the river stream is going in the same direction. So the life momentum and the life trajectory and the mutual belief structures and the paradigm that you're in together is shared, is mutual. And that does feel really important. So I'm learning to prioritize that more for myself. And it's all fitting into the patience required. So this goes back to what I said earlier around pace. 
and the patience I'm finding is able to blossom more fully when I'm operating in the awareness, not just the concept, but the awareness that love, my lovability, the love that flows through me is being reflected in the multitude of many forms that life takes to mirror that worth and that value and that safety and that lovability. It's present everywhere. (laughs) It's present everywhere if you just slow down enough to look. This last two years has been a careful case study for me around life force energy and my relationship to it. And so when I really trust that life is showing up for me in a multitude of many forms, then I can remove the attachment, the dependency, and the pressure from any one particular form to need to be the holy grail of what brings in the sensation of lovability for me, which frees up that form to change if it's ever true, and also frees me up to see more clearly whether the compatibility is fully there or not. Because my fear of losing that one particular form will not override because the form, if that one dissolves, it will show up in another form, which is exactly what's been happening over the last two years. I've just never been present enough and like initiated and soberly initiated into these levels of the dissolution of everything known, right? To be able to see this. And so I'm like, really receiving now how perfect this has all been. It's like, that's where the perspective comes in, where I really can see that I feel more clear on my Dharma. I feel more supported on my Dharma. I feel more acknowledged and affirmed dharmically purpose-wise, like of why I'm here through the women in my group containers and the entire dojo ecosystem, through mentors and teachers that have come in, through the way life is showing up for me, through various invitations that have come in that all feel like life saying, yes, freedom is here and this is the way, just follow the way. It's effortless when the listening is present. It's effortless to just take the next step when the listening and willingness and true surrender is present. And so I'm very grateful for the litmus test that this last couple of years has been, and it has been scary. It has been very painful at times, but it's felt true. And it feels like it's very much contributing to my why for being here on the planet at this time. And I really pray that something in this transmission that I've brought today is valuable to you and that you find it to be supportive in your own life as you're continuing to unfurl into more liberation and more clarity and more love. And I'm sitting at the leading edge of, I have no idea what's going to happen next. That's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm here at at my dear friend's place for the next, you know, month or so. And then after that, there's some incredible trips that are happening. There's, you know, a variety of different invitations I feel excited about. And life is just showing me the way one step at a time. And I'm letting her do that to the degree that I even feel like a little bit of a resistance in me to making a long-term commitment to a particular place or space or home or, or whatever. I feel like I'm actually really enjoying now being in a space of like the excitement of, oh, I actually, I don't know come December where I'm going to be. I don't know come, what's it going to look like? What's the next step? 
what it just keeps getting better. It just keeps getting better. And I feel so grateful for the relationship that I had with David. He met me in so many ways that I hadn't been met before. Just like my partner, Oren, before him met me in so many ways that I hadn't been met before. And every single time it continues to create reference points in me of what is possible in relationship and in love. And I get to trust that the form of that love will come in, in the form of my next masculine partner, however it looks, it will come in, in the proper timing and the timing that is right. Right. And in the meantime, there's a release of any fixation or attachment to that love having to look like it's coming through a certain form in order for me to know how valuable I am and how magical and worthy and safe. It's all coming from here because the way life shows up in its rainbow spectrum, I invite you to track the way life is showing up in your life, just like I did through the form of a song through the form of a home space, through the form of a friend, through the, what, how is life showing up affirming you deserve support and love and care and celebration. So I get to continue to feel that and track that and know that it's a reflection of the love that is being sourced for me, through me, as me. It's like the membrane that separates the love flowing through me, as me, and for me and the variety of different forms that are reflecting that love to me has become thin. So I feel a deeper connection with all of life. I feel the perfection of both of these relationship transitions over the last couple of years and the way I've been being initiated into the maturation that is being asked of me. And I take these reflections, right? So I shared in the beginning of the episode that shame and judgment are not the environments conducive to growth. I think that was a line in the spoken word as well. So in any relationship transition, there are two sides of the coin. We will mirror one another in terms of our attachment patterns and material coming up that's coming up into the light to be seen and loved and healed. And I notice with myself, you know, I get to see that strong mirror of the relationship that my prior partner brought And I get to see the ways that like, oh yes, I see where I was going into codependency or I was going into X pattern or Y pattern. And I noticed that I was receiving any of that through a lens of shame or being hard on myself. It can actually heal. And as soon as I let myself off the hook, right? We can take a hundred percent of 50% responsibility in every relationship. That's the magic of it. So when I take it's, but what's dangerous is if you take hundred percent of hundred percent responsibility, you want to really be sure that you're, you're taking hundred percent of what's your part because there's always two parts in every relationship. And when you take hundred percent responsibility of your part, and then you give yourself a break, let yourself off the hook and just see it with clear, sober eyes and say, all right, yes. Like I see where I showed up in this particular pattern. Oh, I see where I showed up in this way. Oh, I see where I had insecurity or fear or doubt and how that the protection in me played that out. And you get to like, really look at that. It took me some time to remove the shame and the judgment from myself to like, stop punishing myself for having any pattern come up. But as soon as I took the shame or the judgment out of it, and it took me time, I had to like process through it and forgive myself and let myself off the hook. 
then I could see just the value of like, wow, okay, I see that mechanism. I see that pattern when I'm afraid. This is what it looks like. This is what my protection looks like, right? And this is the territory that I get to work on and grow through in order to mature into the version of myself that I get to be in my next relationship. And then all there's left is gratitude. It's like, oh my God, again, the relation, it's not what I made it up to be. It's not the fairy tale that I thought that it was, but it was exactly what it needed to be for both of us to get what we needed to get, to grow in the ways that we needed to grow and to become who we are and who we will be for the next relationships in our lives and to be most fully aligned in our each of our own individual and important dharmic paths. And then from here, as the you know tethers fully release and that which the form that was goes through its full death, I really trust that just like with Oren and I, the form of the love, whatever was true in the love on the other side of death is always the truth. Whatever was true in the love will evolve. It will just change form. It's energy. It can't be created or destroyed, only changed in form. The love will change in form to a different form that is not romantic. And so I really trust that that form will evolve organically and naturally into something that is so beautiful and an expression of the love that David and I shared. So there's so much learning. There's so much learning through all relationship, whether it's through romantic relationship friendship, family, family, familiar relationships. And we play major characters in each other's lives to activate profound quantum expansion. And that's what I'm experiencing amidst tenderness, amidst the natural waves that come with any, you know, great love seeming to be lost, even though, like I just described, it will evolve into its truest expression. I trust, right. It just needs space to let it fully release and then it can. But I really trust that these relationships are the key in so many ways to our freedom because they mirror to us oftentimes the things we don't want to see. And when we're brave enough to look, like really look, not look with a bat and be hard on ourselves, but like look with grace and gentleness and perhaps receive support from a friend or a guide or a teacher, right? To really see ourselves more clearly, we get to grow with grace. And it's such a gift to have relationships that help us grow in our lives. And so that's where I'm at, my loves. I, I really, I hope this, this transmission was supportive to you. If it was, I would love to hear from you. Please leave a review in iTunes. It really helps the show reach more lives and I'm so grateful for your deep listening and the time spent together today. And I'm so excited to see you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at Zahara Zimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart. Leave a review as it really supports this show in 
touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.